I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome. Were you going to go then? Because I, I had was a little go. bit of I had a little bit of a computer <laughs> mishap just as I was about to go. Oh, we'll what keep, a start. We'll keep this in. <laughs> yeah, leave it, leave it. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. That other voice you hear is obviously Blake Harrison. How are you, mate? Professional as ever, obviously. Oh, uh, it was so slick, that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm all right, I'm all right. We had a little poker night with the lads last night. Oh, some, okay. of my old, some of my old uni mates, which was nice. Um, very civilised. You're looking fresh-faced, though, mate. This is quite early on a Sunday morning. You're looking good. Do you know what? On some nights when we do these poker nights, uh, we uh, we go till like four or five a.m. Like it gets crazy. Uh, and uh, but a lot of people have moved. So you got like one guy's up in Sheffield now. He drove like three hours for the poker night and has got three hour drive back. Another guy lives in like Leicester now. And all and and all out of all those people that are doing those long drives, I was like, oh guys, I've got a really busy week at work this week so I've got this new job and I shut up Blake can, fuck's can, sake can, can, can we would you mind terribly if we put a, a little curfew on the on the evening maybe, maybe a 2am finish uh, you know that guy who lives up right up north probably sitting in the services at Leicester thinking drinking a coffee at like 3am halfway on his drive home thinking fucking hell what is that guy's problem with his podcast <laughs> Well, actually, I've got I have got a busy week of work next next this week as well, and I was just like, it's up. but I, that was lame of me. But I, I don't know. Work comes first, doesn't it? That's that's how I uh, I see it. You got you got to do that. You got you got um, you know, if the work's coming in. That's the thing is, if I'm terrible in a job, I won't mm. get employed again. I'm not just going into the office where I'm employed 365 days a year. If I'm yeah. shit, I won't work again. <laughs> so. Anyone out there listening to this that's saying, well, you've been shitting plenty of stuff, mate. Yeah, you're still working. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so I was totally lame. Uh, but we ended up, it went a bit mad. Like, um, it was like really reserved poker up until about half 11. And we had like a, 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 a rebuy curfew as well. So like after 12 o'clock, you can't, after midnight, you can't rebuy. Um, and uh it got to about five to twelve, and everyone was just kind all in, so they could get in their rebuys. And then after that, it didn't last much longer either. It, the whole thing just went crazy, and everyone was just going all in when they had like two eights. Um, it went a bit mad, 
But uh, yes, I've got a nice early night in the end. Uh, but you've had a busy, a busy time of it. You've been away. Oh, lads, 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 mate. Yeah, stag. Um, oh, laddie stag, was it? No, it weren't. It weren't really. It was actually really good fun. Uh, I went to to, to Budapest. Um, I just love of... the fact that this is a, like a this is like a combat sports podcast where most people <laughs> present be like, yeah, no, nah, we lads are poker, and yeah, we're getting on it, and oh, the lads, lads, and you're like, no, it was quite reserved. And I was like, oh no, I was home by one a.m. It was perfectly <laughs> lovely, darling. <laughs> One guy didn't want to get home um, by 1pm, though, and it was quite weird. I'll, I'll tell you a little story. Well, so we, we all sort of knew each other, um, apart from this one guy. Uh, and I, I won't name him, but it was quite surreal. Where were you? Budapest. Oh, you Budapest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we, we flew out there, and um, yeah, like, quite quickly... He he was he was like you, you and, and I'm an, obviously I'm an, you, I presume most people would have guessed from my accent that I'm from Essex, but um, he he's kind of got that sort of strong towy look, the the the, the solid side part in the, you know the, the good hair, like very very well dressed and uh, just seemed like you know if he walked on in, in towy he wouldn't look out of place, like that's not the kind of Essex that I look like. I look like a bag of rubbish, um, but. Um, and so no one re- he turned up half an hour late um for the minibus to go and he'd never met any of us only the 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 groom twice so it was quite odd uh just kind of got in and then we landed no and, and, no and, apology for being late or anything no nah, not really like just see that would bother in. that would bother me immediately like yeah, oh, no, oh, don't... sorry guys i lost track of oh, i fell asleep whatever it is but you at least say sorry if you're half hour late yeah do you know out. what we talked a good game we was like what are we gonna do when he gets on the minibus and i was like well everyone not say a word and then one person just go cunt like that <laughs> and see what happens <laughs> but obviously we've been terribly english as minute we got on he was like all right we was like, hey here he is all right and it was like oh, fucking hell we always just thinking arsehole inside because he kept us all waiting but so we get to to, to budapest and uh, and it, and we we booked it all through this weird company, and that that take care of everything, organised bar crawls and all of this stuff, which is weird considering that most of us are in our sort of mid to late forties. Um, but uh, yeah, so we get in this 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 big stretch limo that picks us up at the airport, and there's this odd moment where there's a lap dancer in there that gives the the groom a lap dance in the limousine. And it was it was quite odd. Anyway, so we get there, check in, and then it's like, right, it's beautiful weather. Walk out, find this really nice square, and it's like, right, let's sit down, have a few beers in the sun, have a catch-up, because none of us have seen each other for, for years, you know, like pre-pandemic. And he's like, right, who's getting on it? And it was like, well, we're having a beer. It's like, and uh, and he's like, no, 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 no. And so he's then spent the next two hours trying to score all sorts of gear, uh, and he's like, he's come back and he's like, right, do you want some? Do you want some? Do you want some? And it was like, nah, nah, we're, we're, we're not about that, mate. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he was like, out of his fucking mind. <laughs> and I was like, at one point I went, mate, I went, it's three o'clock in the afternoon, man. <laughs> like, it was 3 a.m. And he looked like it was 3 a.m. in his mind. Uh, then he disappeared. Uh, then he come back again going, right, look, look, lads, this is not how you do a stag weekend. Like he went, who wants some MDMA? I'm going to score some. And it was like, no, no, mate. Like it's half past three. (laughs) We're we're all right. We're just having a beer. Like we're going to go out for some dinner and have some more beers later. And, uh, 
And he went, fucking hell, come on, we gotta get we gotta get fucking going, we've got to get up and like we've got to really have it. Um then he disappeared. Uh then we got a message on our, our uh, WhatsApp group at two AM. Might have misjudged the situation here, boys. Uh you might have got the wrong impression of me. Uh and then the next thing we know, uh, at three AM he disappeared to the uh airport and flew home. <laughs> he was there about nine hours, got absolutely fucking out of his mind. <laughs> Didn't see any of us. Just spent the whole day just driving around on the backs of like mopeds and that, trying to score <laughs> drugs, and then literally by the early hours of the morning had gone home. <laughs> it was fucking mental. what? <laughs> yeah. How old was this bloke? I think it's like fifty-two. He was fifty-two. <laughs> yeah. So what was he doing? Was he just trying to recapture drugs. his youth? Well, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what was he trying to recapture his youth? Or like what? I like the, you know, I would say like the, the smart man might think maybe not, maybe he don't get out that much, uh, and maybe he just thought right, I'm, I'm going all in here, and maybe he'd seen some episodes of like IB for Uncovered or something, and thought right, this is how lads operate on a stag, and they probably do when they're like in their twenties, but like literally when they're, when they're insecure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Didn't want to say that, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah uh, you're 52 years old. I don't think you need to... you just met people, and then you're like... And then go around and trying to score MDMA. It was quite surreal. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, it blew my mind that I just... We got the text at like 2am, and I thought, he's underneath the duvet in the hotel, sweating out, having major anxiety and a come down right now. And because uh, that come down probably would have been about then, because I think he started at, like I say, three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and then, yeah, but I think by about four o'clock, he, <laughs> he was halfway across Europe flying home. Do you, yeah. reckon that was out, do you reckon that was out of like paranoia of like, oh my God, what have I done? Or out of some kind of thing of like, oh, this lot are boring. What, what do you and, think? Or, it I was? mean, the thing is, it's like we were, maybe we were a bit boring at three o'clock in the afternoon. Like, we was just having a beer outside in the sun. It was quite nice. And it's like, obviously, like, there was all stuff planned in the evening to go out and, and I guess, be a bit more, I don't know what word it is, like, boisterous, I don't know, but um, fun. But, yeah, he, he didn't see that. He'd he, he just already blown his mind by then. So it was uh, a very, very surreal uh, experience for him. Well, it... I tell you what, he wouldn't have liked my stag do, mate. We went to a, <laughs> we went to basically like a total wipeout style like uh, water park thing where you were running around. <laughs> in, oh, like, mate, that was I'm great. All over that. It was great. We did that. We did like some 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 crossbow uh, shooting, and uh, and we did all on MDMA all- and cocaine, though, right? Well, oh, clearly, yes. Um, <laughs> um, we did some football golf. And, like, there was one night where we went to, like, a nightclub, which I was, like, not really up for this. <laughs> well, this I, is the thing. I just wanted to play games. There was one night where we were just all, like, kind of camping in this tent. And we were just playing playing this weird game that someone had where it was, I don't, I don't, it looked like some kind of, like, frat boy game from America. It wasn't beer pong. It was, like, right. but you had to, like, bounce this, like, table tennis ball into the cup next to you. That go, then they have to do it into the cup next to them. And it was this weird game. That's what I but I was like, I just like games. I'm a massive kid. I'll have a few drinks and I want to play some games. But that's yeah. it. I'm not really in. I've never been to a strip club in my entire life. Yeah. I've never, ever done that. And like, I know probably, a lot of people probably think that's weird. But I, I don't understand 
the mentality of going, do you know what's a good night? Let me go and get an erection next to my friends. But that's what going to a strip club sounds like to me. Like, I don't what, get what, what are you, you going to do? Like, you're going to use it with these women? Oh, no, 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 we're not allowed. All oh, right, so you're just going to walk around with it for the rest of the night? <laughs> just, yeah. Just get, get, a, get a boner next to your mates who have also got boners. Like, I don't understand. I've never understood. Having the, a good time, lads? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never got it. It's just never appealed to me. But, um, but yeah, anyway, that's not. We've really. This is the first time I think we've ever really gone off on ones about some random shit before. Uh, yeah, or well, like, you know, I guess that's what we've been up to. I mean, and what was weird was uh, on, on the Friday, you know, it was a Friday night that we went. And I think everybody there don't, you know, being the age that I don't go to nightclubs anymore. So, oh, yeah, we go clubbing. And I thought, this is my one of my only Friday nights off in 30 years of running nightclubs. And where am I going? <laughs> one off fucking nightclub. <laughs> Wasn't so much fun for me. Um, Did you out of habit just like stand by the door and not let people Yeah, in yeah. Just, just, just was, was keeping an eye on, make sure everything was running all right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you find yourself like a walkie-talkie and was saying to the bouncers, <laughs> yeah. oh, no, this one's We got a code red. <laughs> <laughs> That guy over there is asking everyone if they want MDMA. Launch him out of the club, please. Launch him out of the country. <laughs> Stick him on a but flight. To bring it up to sort of speed, um, obviously today's episode um, is our, is our pre-274 uh, show. Uh, and oh, what a card we've got to talk about today. Um, but just a couple of things before we, we get going. I've not seen that. Obviously, there's been a few bits that have happened um Last night, I've not seen the Katie Taylor fight yet. Um, but have you seen the UFC yet? I haven't, I don't even know the result. I literally, oh, I, got in from, I know, no. I know. I got in from poker, went to bed, and got up. And we're straight, we're, we're straight on this like 9 30 in the morning. Yeah, we're, we're straight on this this chat. So I, oh, I don't even know the hell. result of Rob Font, Marlon Vera. But mate, you are in for a treat, mate. Uh, see now, so I want to ask you questions because I don't want to have the audience being like, "Oh, what? We, you're not going to talk about it." But I also don't want to know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like we'll we, we talk I about it on the my, post fight. Should, should I take my headphones off and you just chat to the audience for five minutes? <laughs> and I'll come back. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it was. It was some fight. Really, really was. Oh, really I'm was. Really, yeah. Because right. I was a bit unsure because obviously Font missed weight, didn't he? By mm. like two and a half pounds or something like that. Mm. He, he missed weight. So I don't know what the ramifications of all that are going to be. Um, uh, shit. Do you, do, you, do you, is it best for you to just say what happened? No, no, I don't want to spoil it for you because, I, I, right. because, because, yeah, because you've got, you've you, got a few you, rounds to where, to where you're going to. Yeah, all right, you, all right. you don't I'm know where it's going, it. so oh. I don't want to spoil it. Well, I've got a friend coming over in a bit as well, and I'm like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I just want to watch UFC now. Um, but, um, yeah, did, did you watch the Katie Taylor fight? You, no. you said you didn't. Do you know the result? Do you know anything about it? Uh, I have seen the result. I see that she won. So, yeah, I saw I saw the result, and I've seen, like, just flicking through Twitter and stuff, I've seen, like, a few videos, like, one of which where it's, like, they're throwing down just before the final bell. Um, and it looked like an amazing fight, and a lot of people said best female boxing fight of all time, or something like that. Ah, oh, right, I'll grab some of that after um, this. And then um, there's also a, a, a video of a round where it looks like Serrano is really rocking Katie Taylor. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it was a split decision win as well. And 
given the buzz, the fact that it was clearly a very good fight, surely immediate rematch makes sense because that's where the money is. Like, if you're mm. Eddie Hearn and Jake Paul, you're like, immediate rematch, please. I hope Jake Paul pays Eddie Hearn his million. Did you see that? The million pound bet they had? No. Yeah, yeah, they had a million pound bet. And Eddie Hearn seemed to be like, are you sure? <laughs> like, I, I don't know that I want to do this. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's won it. He's done it and he's won it. To be fair, a lot of people, I don't know, again, I don't know enough about boxing and I don't know enough about Eddie Hearn, but I know a lot of people don't like Eddie Hearn. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of like Twitter always hates him. A lot of people hate him, whatever. I've seen him in the build up to this fight where he's doing stuff with Jake Paul and Ariel Helwani. Um, and then his solo interviews, he was on the MMA hour talking to Helwani about, about the fight and everything. I actually think he comes across very, very well in those interviews. There might be something that he's done that I don't know about, and all that stuff, or maybe he's come across as a bit of a dickhead in previous interviews. I don't know. But he comes across, I think, really, with the way he talks to Jake Paul about his boxing, I'm like, that's great. Because he was saying things like, you're average, but that's a compliment. Like, you'll mm. never be a world champion. But I think, you know, considering you were like just a YouTube, like, you've done really well. And I was like... Yeah, no, just kind of talk, talking honestly. And I, That's I the quite truth of it, it, though, isn't it? Yeah, because he has, like, he's done better than I think a lot of people thought mm. he would do, but he's not I... fighting boxers. He's not going to be a world champion. <clears throat> yeah, talk of him fighting Canelo. I mean, that's a, that's a ridiculous uh, idea. Absolutely stupid. Um, but I, I do, I, the thing with Eddie Hearn, I don't know what he's, obviously he's fallen into it because of, Dad Barry, yeah. uh, you know, who, who was, you know, legendary boxing promoter and, you know, the whole matchroom thing. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, are people annoyed that he's he's got charisma, he's, he's quite handsome? And, like, I know, like, whenever he'd get in the, the, the ring with AJ post, like, some of, like, Joshua's early fights, the minute, like, they'd sort of say, right, okay, like, um, Eddie, what's going to – the whole crowd just booed straight away. And it's like, what? I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know of anything that he's done that's been like really bad for the sport. I think he's matching some really good fights at the moment. I think he's, yeah. you know, British boxing is probably, I'd say, the best it's been for quite a few years. Like, just yeah. from somebody who was an obsessive and he's more more of a casual now on boxing. But um, but yeah, oh, I'm looking forward to the Katie Taylor fight. And oh, mate, you have got. A real treat waiting for you when you uh, watched last night's UFC. Well, but, when it comes to when it comes to, to treats, I think we're we're all looking forward to Gaethje Oliveira, aren't we? Absolutely. And when we finish this, remind me, um, Nick Pete, uh, our friend Nick Pete, put up his wish list for the London card that's just been announced, which is big news. You know, that it's coming back to London. Uh, at the end, I just want to run through some of the um, fights that Nick has, has suggested should okay. happen. Sounds and, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, right. <clears throat> Gaethje Oliveira. Whew. Yeah. I, I can't wait, mate. I can't wait. And I'll tell you why. My big thing with these types of fights is I genuinely don't know how this is going to go. Like that's when I that's when I love it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I respect dominant champions. It's brilliant for them and all that stuff. But what really excites me about a fight is when I look at the two fighters involved and I go, I have no idea who's going to win this one. And that's how I feel about this fight. But that's how I feel. Aside from um, Gaethje Khabib, that's how I feel about Oliveira and Gaethje generally. 
I don't know. Whoever they're yeah. fighting, I don't know how that's going to go because, yeah. like, obviously Oliveira's career has been a little bit more up and down. Gaethje, we've seen him, you know, start out his career in the UFC as just bite down on a gum shield and just throw, and then we've seen him really mature into a yeah. more measured fighter. Um, but when push comes to shove, he will bite down and he will throw and. Yeah. And that's obviously why these are such, you know, certainly more, more so Gaethje, a real fan favourite. And I can't call this. I, I don't know where it's going to go. I will never write off uh, Charles Oliveira uh, after his performances of, of late. Like, just yeah. absolutely incredible. Um, but I'd love to see Gaethje get the win. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I like both of them. I like both of them. I, I like yeah. both their styles. I like both of them as their, their personalities, as people that I've seen. I I really do like both of them. I. I think they. The thing is, they both generally, and I might get into this in a minute. But they both generally push forward. Oliveira mm. presses forward with that high Muay Thai kind of style, knowing that he's perfectly happy if you take him down because he mm. his jujitsu is isn't he got the most submission wins in the UFC ever? Like he's got unbelievable jujitsu. Mm. Um, and uh, Gaethje is generally a forward pressure uh, fighter mm. a lot of the time uh, as well and, and throwing in those leg kicks and all that kind of stuff. Um, they both get hit. I would say Gaethje has a far better chin than Oliveira, mm. but Oliveira has shown this narrative that, oh, when the chips are down, Oliveira gives up that was back there from his featherweight days. That's not there anymore. He lost that first round against Poirier, got rocked a little bit, came back, won. He got massively rocked at the end of the first round of the Chandler fight. Mm. Came back, won. That narrative doesn't fly anymore. That um, they both get hit. Yeah. If it's a straight up fist fight and they go to war with each other, you'd favour Gaethje because I think he's got a better chin and I think he definitely hits harder. Let's not forget, Khabib said that the hardest punch he ever took was from Gaethje. Mm. So, and I think Khabib is possibly better at look at the size of Khabib's head <laughs> I feel yeah. like he can take a punch better yeah. than Oliveira so <laughs> but I can I can really see Oliveira getting a body lock on Justin Gaethje mm. and I know Gaethje's wrestling is phenomenal and he he, he he scrambles so well and all that stuff but when it comes to Oliveira he doesn't need to always take you down he can get a body lock and jump your onto your back, or, 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 or you know, or, or trip you, or whatever it is. And it's in the scrambles that Oliveira can do his best work because he's not a wrestler. He doesn't want to pin you down. Yeah. He wants you to get back to your feet and where he can snatch your neck and slap on an anaconda or a guillotine or or whatever he wants to do or take you back. That's where he was. So it is a lot of Gaethje skills actually sort of play into Oliveira's hands. And the way that Oliveira sort of comes forward sort of plays into Gaethje landing his right hand. And what's that? It's just like, you just don't know how it's going to go. I, I can't see Oliveira changing his style and, and, and not come forward. Obviously, he knows what's going to be standing in front of him. But like you say, he done that with Dustin Poirier and he done that with Michael Chandler. And, and I'm sure Chandler hits as hard as Gaethje. And yeah, I, I think it just got, it's just got absolute classic written all over it, this. Yeah, I mean, what, one thing I did do is I rewatched the Khabib um, Gaethje fight, and it'll be really, really interesting to see how Trevor Whitman and Gaethje view Oliveira's grappling. Because when you yeah. rewatch the Khabib Gaethje fight, Gaethje is on his heels on his bike the whole time. 
And what it does is it, A, tires him out, I think, because he's constantly rapidly moving away because he's so fearful of Khabib taking him down. Mm. Um, but also, his striking felt far less composed. It felt like mm. he was winging punches a little bit more because he was trying to keep Khabib away from him. And if they view Oliveira in a similar fashion, I know Oliveira's wrestling is nowhere near Khabib's, but it's a different style of grappling. Mm. And if they, if he views Oliveira's wrestling and, and, and grappling abilities in a similar vein, I think he might end up in a bit of trouble because I think yeah. his striking will lack some of the accuracy and composure that it's had previously. I mean, if it lands, it lands. He does throw with so much power. Um, but again, even like the leg kicks, you're like... Will Oliveira think, if you leg kick me, I'm, I'm trying to grab at that leg um, and instigate, again, take you off balance, instigate a scramble, something like that where I can jump on your back or whatever. I, I just think how they view his, his grappling is going to be so interesting because if he's running away a lot of the fight and trying to keep distance, I don't think it's actually going to work out that well for him. I think, I think his best bet is to maybe plant himself a little bit more and, and, and mm. make sure he's throwing with more precision. Because if he's constantly moving backwards and moving away and, and circling side to side and throwing punches at the same time, it just lacks the accuracy as when he's a bit more, not rigid, but just, I don't know, when he's, when he's just fighting a bit more composed. Like you look yeah. at the Chandler fight and you think of like some of the strikes that he threw, some of those uppercuts that dropped him, I think, in the sep- second round and stuff mm. like that. That's some great, like really good technical striking as well. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, I think that's going to be a key thing is what the Whitman and Gaethje see in terms of Oliveira's grappling attacks and how will they approach that defensively? Will they mm. try and be a bit more stationary and throw with more accuracy and power? Or will they be on their bike a lot of the time just trying to keep away? That's going to be really, really interesting to see. Absolutely, absolutely. Big night for Trevor Whitman. Um, yeah. Well, hang on. Gun to your head. Who takes it? you got to pick one. Oliveira. I was going to go Oliveira as well. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> but oh. I want, I'd like to see Gaethje win it. I really yeah. would. Of um, course, yeah. But uh, I, I just, yeah, just on, on, on the back of Oliveira's last few fights, like, yeah, he's, 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 a, he's, He's on a tear at the moment, and he's yep. he's just looking better and better every time. So uh, you know, props to Gaethje as well. You know, like um, and yeah, I, I, nothing will give me more joy than to to see Gaethje get the KO win. Um, but for a lot of the things that you said, uh, I totally agree with, and I think Oliveira's jiu-jitsu uh, could could really play a big part in getting a win here but who knows i think think it could finish early i think it could be a classic that goes five rounds but i think it could also finish in the first round and go either way so good when when you've got that anticipation going into a fight of not knowing where it's gonna go like oh man like i can't wait for this i really can't um so thug rose yeah trevor whitman as you said before Totally. So, yeah, Thug Rose, um, Carla Esparza, uh, the second fight. Um, obviously, uh, Esparza beat Rose in the, the tough finale um, yep. a, lo- a long time ago. Um, and I've, obviously, we've seen two very different fighters now. We've seen Rose become an absolute killer um, and an incredible mixed martial artist. And we've seen 
Esparza obviously lose, you know, lose that title in a horrific fight with Joanna. Just mm. Joanna lit her up, and it was it was it was just hor- I remember watching it and thinking, "Oh, just stop this! Like it's Me horrible. Too. She's yep. just getting absolutely just destroyed and had no answer." And and she's dug deep, and look where she is. You know, number two contender fighting for the belt. She's pulled it around. She's got some incredible wins. Uh, and she's stepping in there for the rematch with with Rose. Um, on this one, I think Rose has developed into a, a, a much much different fighter than the the, the Rose that Esparza fought all that all that time ago. Uh, Trevor Whitman's turned her into something special. Um, for me, I think Rose takes this. Um, I I think she's she's comfortable now with Esparza's wrestling, which is obviously very, very good, but I don't think she's going to be as out of her depth as maybe she was in that tough finale. I think she'll, uh, she'll hold her own more. Her movement is incredible, Rose. Her kicks are great, as we've obviously seen against uh, Whaley. Um Yeah, I, I, I see this as uh, potentially going five rounds, but I think Rose... We'll, we'll, we'll just pick her apart over five rounds. Yeah, I mean, um, if you haven't heard it yet, we released an episode that was based on the strawweight division. That was the last episode I think we put out. Mm. If you haven't heard it yet, we talk about a little bit about this fight, about the um, people like Esparza, Rose, Joanna, Whaley, and the permutations that uh, uh, this fight and the, the Whaley-Joanna fight could, could have on, on the title and who's, who's mm. next, whether it's Rodriguez, Andrade, all that stuff. So check out our strawweight special mm. uh, that was on there. But basically... I... This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. agree with, with most of what you, you've just said. Um, Rose, in, if you watch rewatch that tough finale fight, um, Rose is throwing a lot of uh, spinning attacks. She's trying to like knock her out with one punch. The, the work that Trevor Whitman and Pat Barry have done with Rose over the last, what has it been, like six years since that mm. fight or whatever it's been, is really phenomenal. Um, 
Her striking is far more precise now, far more accurate. She's not wasting energy. Um, and as you say, footwork as well. Really, really good. If if Rose keeps this standing, it's easily an easy victi- victory for mm-hmm. her. An easy victory mm-hmm. for Rose. To a point where she could even get a finish. Like, we've mm-hmm. seen Esparza struggle when strikers are, are doing particularly well against her. Um, but having said that, Esparza is so tough. She will walk through shots in order to get that takedown. And she knows how she wins this fight. There's no way she wins this fight standing. And I think she will be dogged in her approach to get that takedown. The thing mm. is, even if she gets that takedown, Rose is brilliant with her jiu-jitsu as well. So Rose does have a few forms of attack. But if, if Esparza can get her down in the first round and hold her down, that is going to cause... A lot of anxiety, I think, in in the Rose corner as to how that fight could play out. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if Esparza's like, I've got to get a takedown within the first. Because she can't win a stand-up battle with Rose. She's so good. And I think Esparza is just unashamedly just going to go, I'm going straight in for whatever takedowns I can. Multiple takedowns. Chaining takedowns. If she defends the first one, I'm going for the second one. If she defends the second one, I'm going for the third one. And just be relentless. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I Do think, you think that, I mean, that could also empty the gas tank of Esparza quite yeah. quickly as well? Yeah, yeah, I'm, but that, that is the thing. I'm going with Rose. I think Rose has made such improvements, and I think that she, she will win this. But I don't think, I think people need to look at Esparza and give her a lot of credit for what she's done in, the, in her like, win streak towards this fight and oh the people God, that she's 100%. beaten and go... If Esparza wins this, it's it, it's not totally shocking or anything like that. Mm. Esparza, all right, maybe will be the underdog, and uh, and I'm picking Rose to win. But if Esparza won, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked. I, I think she's yeah. got every chance of winning it. I just I think Rose is more well rounded. But as we've seen before, if you're in a phenomenal wrestler, you can get a really long way on just that. You can grab Rose Namajunas, turn her upside down, and drop her on her head. Well, that <laughs> you know? worked for Andrade. Exactly. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So I don't know, but I, I, I'm going with Rose. I think she should do it. I think if she can keep it standing, it's going to be such a hard night for Esparza. But mm-hmm. if Rose gets taken down early, and then that anxiety um, kicks in because she's like, "Shit, I've been taken down and held down and stuff like that," that that could be a real worry, and that could play out throughout the course of the fight. And obviously. As soon as a striker is taken down in that way, they they don't release the strikes as well. They become yeah. a far less competent striker because they're so worried about the takedown. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. That how that first round, second round goes could really impact how the rest of the fight mm. plays out. So we're agreeing on two fights so far. We are. This is, a, this is a first. Um, well, if you're not spot enough at 155 with Oliveira Gaethje strapping Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson. Oh, I mean, this this has all the making. Well, when I look at it, I get super hyped. I don't know what sort of Tony Ferguson is going to be turning up to this fight. I hope we get classic Tony Ferguson. If that's the case, we have got some serious scrapping on our hands here. Um Corn, I'll let you take this one first. Because I this is where we disagree. Oh, okay. Um 
I think this fight is all down to which Michael Chandler turns up. Oh, really? Yes. Because if the intelligent Michael Chandler turns up, he just wrestles Ferguson, as we've seen Oliveira and Dariush do. And dare I say, Oliveira's not the wrestler that um, that Chandler is. Mm. So Chandler's pathway to victory is very, very clear. It's very obvious. May I say it's quite boring. But mm. I think he should just wrestle the hell out of Tony Ferguson, get a win. Thank you very much. Moving on to someone else at the top end of that division. Tony Ferguson has no momentum either. Um, and, he, you know, he's, was, he's lost. Tony Ferguson has lost three fights in a row now or something like that. But they're all to the top of the division. Like His losses mm. have been to, like, to Gaethje, to um, Darius. Darius Oliveira. You know, mm. these are the top, top guys. Two of them are fighting for the belt. And mm. the other one is a, a definitely a potential title challenger in waiting, whether he's, he might be fighting Makachev next. But Darius is on like a six-fight win streak or something. So mm. he's only lost to the top, top guys. But let's look at his wins. Now, he was on a 12-fight winning streak, and everyone was like, you've got to get this guy to fight Khabib, blah, blah, blah. And I was one of those guys. I was, as soon as Khabib Tony was made, I was crossing my fingers, and it did The first no time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, what time? Every, every time. <laughs> every time. I was hoping for the best for that fight to actually yeah. happen, and it never did. And looking back on those last three wins he had, Kevin Lee, who's now at Eagle FC, mm-hmm. Anthony Pettis, who's gone to the PFL and in his first season with the PFL didn't do particularly well. And Donald Cerrone, who we'll get onto in a bit because he's also fighting on this card. But again, Donald Cerrone's not lighting the world on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so you look back at his last three wins and you go, well, they weren't against great opposition. And then you look back at his last three losses, who were to amazing opposition, and you go, well, mm-hmm. I don't really know where to put you then because you beat the guys you should be beating and you're getting beaten by the guys where you go, well, they're the best guys. Um, but I think the pathway to beating Tony Ferguson is now so apparent. And Michael Chandler holds all the cards in terms of being able to implement that game plan that Ferguson, I think, can't deal with. However... Do you think Ferguson thinks he's still... Like, when you said, you know, he's getting beaten by the guys, you know. Do you think Tony, Tony Ferguson still thinks he's one of those guys? Do you think he thinks he's in that elite top five? Or do you think... Because he's quite bananas, Tony Ferguson. Mm. And like, and I wonder how much of that is now front, how much of that is, 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 is just, you know, chat for the, for the hype machine. Do you think after them losses, he walks in there thinking, this is mine? Because you look at Tony Ferguson of sort of five, six years ago, like, he, you know, he, he went into every fight thinking, I've got this easy. Like, and I don't know if we're going to see that confidence in him. And anymore, like I don't know how much of it is just, is just show because you've been beaten by the big boys and like, you know that's got to take its toll on your on your mindset. I don't know, or maybe he's got nothing to lose and that could be dangerous in itself. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I think he could still believe he's the best guy and he's just had some bad performances or whatever it is. Like the Gaethje one, was it the Gaethje one where he made weight? like two weeks prior because mm. that was when he was meant to be fighting Khabib, even though that fight was called off mm. a while beforehand. And then he went back in there with Gaethje two weeks after. Like, right. Well, you've just, why did you do that? That that was yeah. really just, 
just hurts yourself. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, now we're seeing Oliveira become the guy that he is, but Oliveira really out wrestled him. Mm. Um, uh, I, I don't honestly, I don't know. I think a lot of people in that position, that competitive sport, and doing the sport you do, that these these combat sport athletes have to have, I think, an unwavering self-confidence. And I think when that goes, you're probably in trouble. Um, so, because it's, you know, it's not football. It, mm. th- this is such a serious sport. I think you've got to believe you're the best or one of the best in the world. But one thing I would say is he can look at Michael Chandler and go, this guy was massive in Bellator, but still got beaten in Bellator. Then he's come over to the UFC, beat Dan Hooker, who, you know, again, I love Dan Hooker. I'm a huge Dan Hooker fan. He's not top echelons of the lightweight division. Oh, he's turning on Dan Hooker now. Oh, don't do that to me. Come on, uh, mate. Y- you know I love Dan. <laughs> um, and uh, and then Mark Chandler's been beat by was Oliveira and Gaethje. So again, yeah. beaten by top guys. But I don't know. You just think to yourself, well, Chandler is one and two in his UFC career. Ferguson might be looking at him going, no, I can do this. I can make this happen. As I said, I think this is all down to what Michael Chandler turns up. And the thing that really saves this fight from being a potential bore fest, in my opinion, is does the Michael Chandler who wants to be an entertainer turn up? Does the Michael Chandler that fought Justin Gaethje turn up? Because if he does, we could get three rounds of just classic carnage. Yeah. But, I, I, if you're in Michael Chandler's corner, if you're Henry Hooft, you're saying to him, don't be an idiot. Just wrestle him. Wrestle him. It's an easy three rounds victory. I know it's not exciting. You won't gain any extra fans. You did that with the Gaethje fight. It was lovely. But just, just win. Just get mm. the win. And that's what I'd be telling him if he was my fighter. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's hard to understand what goes through these fighters' minds. Certainly Chandler. I, I wonder... If when that crowd roars, if he connects with something, he's not going to go for the you know the grapple. Is he going to think, oh, I want the spectacular finish? And I guess most fighters would, but I think Chandler likes fighting for the fans, and I think that's why the fans, you know, I, I'm a big, big Michael Chandler fan. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think you know, maybe. I think we're going to agree on this one as well, but uh, you know, I know you think it depends on what Tony turns up. Sorry, what Chandler turns up, and and, and I'm more intrigued to see if we're going to see a, a rejuvenated Tony Ferguson that might end up turning it all around like Oliveira did and 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 go on another tear again. I don't deep down think that's likely to happen. No. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going for a, a Michael Chandler victory on this one, Mr. Harrison. Yeah, me too. But I'm going with what I would think would be maybe a slightly dull. Wrestle heavy Michael Chandler victory. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Moving to 205 now. Um, uh, uh, is it uh, bad of me to say that I, uh, the rest of the card is a bit, huh? A bit yeah. meh? Well, no. Uh, do you know, do you know what? Is that like, wrong of me to say? Well, do you know what? Like, you. I never really know where I stand with you. You've turned on Dan Hooker today, and it's like, and I know how much you used to love him, but like, yeah, yeah, you just seem to find your new guy every week, and the rest are just yesterday's news. Um, Fickle, Fickle Harrison, is it? <laughs> um, right, so the, the next fight we're going to talk about uh, is OSP versus uh, Mauricio Hua. Um, I mean, six, seven years ago, I would have been quite looking forward to this fight. 
Um, I've yeah, it's 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 two well, you, good you, names. You got it eight years ago. Did we? Yeah, this is a rematch. Eight years ago, OSP knocked him out in thirty-five seconds. Oh, that's that's a fight you need to see eight years later. Yeah, I mean they're both aging. Uh, OSP's about thirty-nine. I can't remember how old Shogun is, but he's in his forties, right? Um, All right, let me check. Um, While well, you're checking he's, that, I mean, he's, so the he's first... sixty-four. He's sixty-four. <laughs> See, oh yeah. come on look who is like an absolute legend like a complete legend yeah. being in some of the greatest fights ever make no mistake but yeah it's it, it's just a fight that i'm not that excited to see and but can i be let, harsh you know, do, do you know what the first oh, two words of I've, but the first do. the first two words i've written under osp shogun who are is don't care <laughs> <laughs> I've got it on my notes. Don't care. Oh dear! I hope we get offered one of them as a guest, and I'm going to bring that up. <laughs> no, but like Shogun Hua as a guest would be like incredible. But at yeah, I'll look at your backtrack now. No, no, as a guest, like going through this guy's career, the Pride Days, the Dan Henderson trilogy, all that stuff. Like that's mm. like, oh, that's really awesome stuff to talk yeah. about. Legend of the game, blah blah blah. But in this fight with OSP. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I just, I, I, on it, I just don't care. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> uh, back at one fifty-five, uh, we've got the cowboy versus Joe Lowe's on, and I've got to be on it. Have you got don't care under this one. I've not written it, but it's not far off. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, no, I am more, I'm more excited about this. One. I think this is good matchmaking. I think this is really good matchmaking. This, this is what I'm excited. I, I think this is good matchmaking. Cerrone, for me, like, I missed a lot of the Shogun days, if I'm honest. Mm. A lot of the Pride days, all that. I missed a lot of that. So Shogun mm. doesn't have a place in my heart like maybe Cerrone does in terms of watching him be this fighter that seemed to fight every six weeks, all mm. comers, whatever. He won some, he lost some, he went on a run, then he went on a losing streak to... All of those things. And then he finally got that massive payday against mm-hmm. Connor. I was really happy for him. Right, so Cerrone does have a little bit of a place in my heart. So I am far more interested in this okay. fight. than why are you laughing? No, 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 no. Don't uh, say just no, no, no. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, so I am more interested in this fight. But I think it's good match matchmaking because... Lozon's been very inactive, and I don't know that it's necessarily down to injury or anything. I think he just he said in an interview that like he's probably getting close to retirement, and he said to Dana, "If the right fight comes in at the right time and place, I will do it. But if it's not all of those things, I'm just I'm not gonna fight." So he's picking and choosing his fights now, and Cerrone's come in at the right time for him. It's all worked out, and he's gone, "Yeah, hell yeah, I'll take that fight." I think Lozon's coming off a win. Uh, but that was maybe two and a half years ago. And before that, that he was on a free fight losing streak. Cerrone hasn't won in nearly three years, but he's only really lost to like top guys like Gaethje, Ferguson, Conor McGregor, uh, uh, Anthony Pettis, Morono, or welterweights. Like, like he's fought either top guys at lightweight or top guys at the time at lightweight. And then he's for welterweights. Lozon's a proper lightweight. So, mm. and obviously they're in maybe a similar position in terms of their um, 
their runs, their abilities. It's just that Cerrone's been fighting the top guys and losing a lot. Um, I think I'm going to favour Cowboy in this. And I think... I don't know if... Cowboy should retire if he wins. I mean, he seems like the kind of guy that will never retire. He'll just keep going and going and going. But you do think that he's winless in seven fights because he had that draw with Nico Price that then got turned into a no contest. Um, So he's basically in seven fights, he hasn't had a win. That's a a long time, isn't it? See, if he gets the win, I think he will maybe go to Dana and say, one more, give me, give me something. Like, and I'm not saying that, that Joe Lozon isn't that. I'm, I'm just been looking through Joe Lozon's record. Um, he has been fighting for a long time, mate. Uh, you know, before he even got to the UFC, he lost to Jorge Masvidal in 2005. Um, wow. Yeah, but just going through his, his, his kind of uh, early UFC stuff. Oh, my God. Like... Who's he fought? Jeremy Stevens. Got a win over Jeremy Stevens. Lost to Kenny Florian. Um, wins over Melvin Gillard. Lost to Pettis. Beat Jamie Varner. Lost to Jim Miller. Lost to Michael uh, <laughs> Michael Jackson. Michael Johnson. Uh, wins over Mac Danzig. Michael Chiesa. Lost to Alan Quinter. Um, wins over Diego Sanchez. I mean, just got some absolute like legends. Obviously, recently lost to Clay Guida. Just coming off of a win over Jonathan Pierce. Um, I think it's a good fight. This, you know, they're, they're, they're both absolute, you know, legends in their in 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 their own careers and 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 in the UFC. And I'm still not super hyped for it either. Um, it, it's just good seeing. It's one of the ones where I just think, there's oh god, yeah. When stake. I first saw it, yeah, there's nothing at stake here. Uh, but when I first saw Cerrone Lozon, I thought, oh yeah. But that's because I instantly think of all the best things about Cerrone and all the best things about Lozon that may not even exist anymore. Uh, you know, in 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 what they bring to the octagon, um, other than their names. Um, yeah, I see if Cerrone gets the win, I think he'll fight one more fight, maybe. Uh, and I think I don't know who that could be against, you know, a, a decent name to kind of, yeah. you know, bail out on. But like yeah, a, if he wanted to go up to welterweight like a Carlos Condit or yeah. someone like that, that could be That's really, really fun. Like he's already yeah. fought Matt Brown, um, mm-hmm. but someone of that ilk. Um, mm. Yeah, he's already fought like a Robbie Lawler. He's fought like, to be fair, has he, has he fought Nate Diaz? He must have fought Nate Diaz. Uh, uh, but that fight the thing is that fight will never get made I, d- I don't think that's a a, a fight that's gonna no happen. Nate Nate he has he's got a loss to Nate yeah, Diaz he um, lost to Nate but that was a long time yeah. ago fight Nick fight Nick Diaz um, see that's the kind of fights I'd like to see Cerrone versus Nick Diaz on any kind of pay-per-view card I'd be like great way to go out fantastic that, that'd be good oh, I don't want to see that no Nah, See, it's the, I, those I, kind of welterweight legends fight is what I'm what I'm here for. I know, but I I, I don't think. I know you, you you know when we had Pip on and we was talking about this. I, I think I know I did not see that last Nick Diaz fight the way you see it. Like I I don't want to see Nick Diaz fight anymore. I I love him and I just think, do you know what he's he's done everything he needs to do and I I don't want to see him fight Cowboy Cerrone. <clears throat> like I'd rather just go back and watch some of his absolute you know, finest moments. But yeah, uh, 
that not the Nate fight's not going to happen. Oh, I think Condit's a good shot. I think yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, let's leave Nick Diaz out of this. I don't think. I know everyone would want to see that's, it. And I know t- by the time it's... That's a T-shirt. Just leave Nick Diaz out of this. That's a T-shirt, isn't it? Just leave yeah. Nick Diaz out of this, guys. Oh, it really is. It really is. Um, oh, dear. Yeah. Well, um, well, I've, look, got, I've got, I've got a, an incredible... Uh, a thank, somehow I managed to get a signed picture of Nick Diaz. It's right next to me now. And it's him there with both his hands in front of him, like open-palmed. Like, must be saying, well, what the fuck are you going to do to George St. Pierre? And it's just glorious. I look at that and I think, that was a long, long time ago. And that's how I want to see Nick Diaz. I do not want to see, like, uh, the, the, the silver fight, lovely. That was great. Lots of fun. Uh, the last one, nah, I didn't want that. I did not want to enjoy that Robbie Lawler fight. And I don't want to see that ever again. Anyway. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Just I leave know, Nick Diaz out of this. <laughs> just leave Nick Diaz out of this, will you? Um, right, you're a little bit... Am I right in saying you're a little bit excited about um, Randy Brown and Chaos Williams? Uh, I am, but all I've got on my notes is this is going to be a really fun fight. <laughs> I do like Randy Brown a lot. It's one better than don't care. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I actually... To be honest, I was thinking we'd maybe just have a quick chat about the only Englishman on the card. Uh, Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts is fighting mm, Trinaldo. Trinaldo. Uh, Hot Chocolate is on a two-fight win streak and a win here gives him a three-fight win streak, which would be his longest ever win streak in the UFC. Um, I think he should maybe have a size advantage over Trinaldo because Trinaldo spent a lot of his time at lightweight previously. Uh, but he's one and one at welterweight, Trinaldo. He's got a good record against Brits, though, Trinaldo. He's, uh, he, he did Ross Pearson... And more recently, he was the one that KO'd Jai Herbert in front of Dan Hardy that got oh. Dan Hardy on his on his feet shouting at it her. It was, D. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's got a good record against uh, against Brits. Maybe that won't play in in Hot Chocolate's favour, but I'm hoping Hot Chocolate does it and gets the, his longest he's... ever UFC win streak, which will be three fights. Is he next be gen? Great. 
Hot chocolate? I don't yeah. think so, but I don't know for sure. Right. Okay. I'm not sure. I don't think, not as far as I'm aware, but maybe I'm completely wrong. We should get hot chocolate on the show. Yeah, um, absolutely. Let's do that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that'd be good. Hopefully he'll get on a, a, a... The one thing I remember Danny Roberts for, and he won't thank me for saying it, is um, is that Michelle... He introduced me to Michelle Pereira. That Michelle Pereira knockout where he just kind of launched himself at him. Was it a mm. flying knee or a Superman punch yeah. or something? I can't remember now, but that's what made me go, oh, shit, this Michelle Pereira is a lot of fun to watch. Just a shame he did that to uh, to Danny Roberts. Um, Absolutely. It's a great way to uh, to sort of reach out to guests. Uh, oh, right. Oh, yeah, I'd love to come on. How did you hear about me? Oh, I remember when you got starched by... Uh... <laughs> oh, I just thought, ideal. oh, yeah, m- must get that guy on. Um... Oh, we want what comeback! Now on a free fight win streak. Hopefully, if he beats Trinaldo, so you know, absolutely, this kind of overcoming adversity is what the MMA fan podcast is all about. We want the listeners to hear these stories, then go into their own lives, into the office, into parenthood, overcoming adversity. Come on, guys! Um, But oh, unless um, you're Shogun Hua, don't care. Um, uh, is there anything else on this card you want to talk about? Because we're, um, uh, we're well, fast approaching the hour. I could blitz through a couple of bits. Uh, Royval versus Schnell. I'm a big fan of Royval. I think the 125-pound division is actually loads of fun at the moment. Brandon mm-hmm. Royval has got a fantastic style. He's really, really exciting to watch. He's sick. Schnell is ninth. Um, uh, and uh, Royval's even, I think, got a win over Kaikara France, which has aged incredibly well. It's a very good win as well. I think he took his back. guillotine. Standing... Was it a guillotine? I thought he got... Yeah. yeah. No, round go. two, guillotine. There you go. So, um, yeah, so Royval's loads of fun to watch. Schnell's a good fighter as well. Um, Royval has only really fought really good guys in the UFC. His loss is only coming to uh, Moreno, Moreno, obviously former champion, and Pantoja, who's up there mm. as a really good contender, who's got two wins over Moreno. Um, and Schnell's also lost to Pantoja, and recently Bonterin, who Royval beat. So by the method of, you know, MMA mathematics, mm. Royval should win. Because we all know that's how how it works. Yeah, yeah, if, that's exactly it. That's it's a science. If, if one guy beats you, but some uh, your opponent has beat that guy, you're gonna lose to that guy. That's how. Yeah. The, the, that's the so triangle. If there's any better, if there's of, a, people uh, that like gambling out there, there's a safe bet. It's the really, science. The science speaks. Really, yeah, it's really, really simple, guys. Why more people haven't cracked this? <laughs> I don't know, but it's there in black and white. Exactly. If one of these guys in question has a win over someone that has beaten their opponent. Mm. You go for that guy. That's how it works. Um, So, yeah, other than that, uh, you've got Chieson versus Dumont. Uh, They're both ranked at bantamweight, but the fight's happening at featherweight. Uh, I mean, Dumont's only had one fight at bantamweight, and yet she's ranked in the top 15, which I I don't know. I think it tells us a lot about the kind of the weird place that bantamweight women's division is in. It's got, I think, maybe a lack of depth. But Dumont is on a free fight win streak uh, and possibly in line for a featherweight title shot, mm. depending on what happens with Nunes. Obviously, that's all in a weird situation. Now, we've got Nunes, Pena doing the ultimate fighter. Then they'll fight. Uh, you've got Holly Holm versus Ketlin Vieira coming up soon. They love giving Holly Holm title shots. So if she beats Vieira and Pena beats Nunes, that's probably what's going to happen. Is Nunes going to defend the featherweight belt? Will she just walk off into the sunset? Who knows? Um, 
But as I said earlier, I've got no notes on it. Randy Brown versus Chaos Williams will be a really fun fight, I think. So check that one out. Cool. Well, look, that's this Saturday. Um, But what we've seen this week, I'm trying to run through this quickly. um, Because a friend of the show and former guest, Nick Pete, uh, tweeted this in in this kind of aftermath of the, the announcement this week that UFC's coming back to London. Personally, just because... Not, not even because it was just all the Brits and, and, and former guests of the show were on that last London card. I think that was one of the best cards we've we've seen in the UFC for, for a few years. I thought it was absolutely 100%. phenomenal. There's a reason um, Dana's bringing it back to the UK so quick. Because 100%. It, it was phenomenal. Um, and, you know, we're lucky that we've got so many fighters now coming through in the UK and and making headlines and, and are exciting fighters that that Dana's like obviously announced that he's coming back and I can't wait. So I just want to sort of get your thoughts on, on, on some of this and, and, and just brief because there's, there's a lot of fights to, to, to mention on here. Um, so this is what Nick P has suggested, um, would, would be a, a great card. Um, right. Top of the bill, Aspinall Blades. That's I've heard that's in the works. I've also heard that, uh, Taito Ivasa versus Cyril Garn is in the works for September. But yeah, I think that that that, that fight makes sense. Aspinall uh, blades. It's a shame it's not Aspinall to Ivasa. That would have been more yeah. fun. But Aspinall blades, I think, could work really well. It's, I think that looks like a very good. I mean, heavyweight's quite stacked at the moment. But I would say that looks like a number one contender fight. But then if you have got Tai Ivasa versus Cyril Garn down the line, that could be a number one contender fight as well. So uh, and then you've got Jones and Stipe potentially happening at some point, maybe. So. Yeah, but but yeah, good good top of the bill for sure. Yeah, um, underneath that, uh, Hamanson versus Till. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not that bothered about that. Yeah, well, yeah, no, it's probably a good fight. Yeah, no, yeah, let's just do that. That probably sounds right. I, I think I'd rather Till fight more of a striker just for the spectacle of it. I'd rather him fight a Uriah Hall or someone like that. Mm. And they've had some beef, but sure, well, Till Hamanson. I just think Hamanson's just going to go for those takedowns, and hopefully Till's been working with Chimaev enough that that's what I'm thinking. He can he can deal with that. Mm. He's definitely got the right training partner for it, but we'll see. This could be great. We could see if if Till were to beat Hamanson and defend a few takedowns and do well, get into his feet or whatever it is, we could see a resurgence of Darren Till, which would be really exciting to see. I think he's, he's young. A, he's young. I think he's earned a lot of money off of other revenues outside of fighting. And I think he, I don't know because I don't know him well enough. I wonder if the people close to him would honestly say whether or not he lost a little bit of motivation. And now his friendship with Chimaev, I think would probably have solved that Um, Mm. because Chimaev looks like he's got unbelievable drive. And when you're around people like that, it can't help but rub off on you. And so I think that Till's relationship with Chimaev, if we see, if that continues, then we could see a resurgence in Darren Till and see the Darren Till that we all wanted to see storm the welterweight division. Just just do it 100%. middleweight. Let's, let, let's hope that that's the case. Definitely. Um, Anthony Smith, Paul Craig. Love it. All day long. Yeah. That's the fight to make. Love that yeah. fight. It's got big implications at light heavyweight. Paul Craig's on an absolute tear. Anthony Smith is a big name that always does well. Um, yeah, I, I am all in on that fight. I'd be very excited to see that. Kater, Arnold Allen. That I don't think is happening. 
Oh, okay. Arnold Allen is Where not... are you getting all your... Where, who, who's ringing you up, giving you the insight? Bruv, don't worry about it, mate. Don't worry about <laughs> it, yeah? You know, no, my people, my people, my guys, you know this. Um, but, uh, no, um, from what I saw on Twitter, Arnold Allen said he's not fighting in July, so he won't be on the card. And also I saw a, an announcement, I don't know if it was an official announcement, that it might be Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett in June. In Austin, mm. Texas. So, um, no, so it looks like that might be happening. So, I don't think oh, Arnold Allen, Calvin Cater will happen. Hmm. Because did Arnold call that fight? Yeah, he did, didn't there, he? he and, and, that. and in the press conference, there was a guy there that as me- that messaged Calvin Cater's camp, and they said, "Yeah, we'll do it." But I think they wanted it earlier. Arnold Allen was like wanting to fight in maybe like August or maybe July or something like that. Mm. But um, Calvin Cater, I think, wanted to fight in May or June. And I think so. I think the timing of it didn't work. Oh, okay. So hopefully Arnold gets a good fight, though, because it'd be a shame if he's out for a long time. This is what we said after the card. Arnold Allen got the biggest win of his career in spectacular fashion. Mm. He needs to keep the momentum going. Obviously, if he's not fit and healthy, he can't fight. But... I think he's got to keep the momentum going. He can't sit out for nine months. He's got to. Yeah. Otherwise, people will overtake him in the rankings and he'll be back to where he was, where he's like on yeah. this unbelievable win streak, but people don't care enough because the news cycle moves in MMA so quickly. So I hope he does get a fight booked soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Krylov Gustafsson. Um, well, that's a I, weird I, one. Like, why mm. Gustafsson said he was moving up to heavyweight because he didn't want to. Like, well, not that he because not because he didn't want to fight Paul Craig, but mm. he moved up to heavyweight and now he's going back down to light heavyweight. I don't, like, or is that just Nick Pete saying I'd like to see this fight happen? I don't know. There, there's two green ticks next to. Uh, that means they must be happening then. So he probably he's probably put that out as his dream card, and then he's seen that mm. they are happening and put ticks by it. So, yeah, I mean, sure, that's a fine fight. But mm. I think to myself, what, what's Gustafsson doing? Like, yeah. I, I, where's his head at? If he was like, I'm fighting a light heavyweight. No, I'm not. I'm going back to heavyweight. Oh, no, okay, I'll come back down to light heavyweight to fight someone else. Uh, that's just strange. Paddy Pimlet versus McKinney. Um... Yeah, I mean, isn't Terence McKinney like? I'd have to look up Terence. I don't know him too well, but I think that um, he's—is he on like a bit of an unbeaten streak? Is he like someone that's knocked out a few people early on? Let's have a look. Terence McKinney is. Oh, he lost his last fight against Drew Dober, but Drew Dober's very, very good. Before that, he was on a two-two fight UFC win streak of. Five fight win streak all in all. I don't know. I, I um, I, I he got two first round finishes. I mean, it would be an exciting first round for sure because these guys go at it. But I think the UFC would be smart to just really protect Paddy. And I don't know, and not that Paddy would necessarily want that or 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 needs it even, but just. What the UFC has on their hands is potentially a huge global star. That's what they mm. have on their hands. Um, so I think just keep giving him fights that you're like, he's a huge favourite in. And I don't know that he would be in the Terence McKinney fight. So I, I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. 
he's two fights in in the UFC, obviously, and he, I mean, I, I, he didn't get, you know, when Bisping said, "Oh, you nearly got knocked the fuck out" or whatever. Like he didn't. He got clipped and and he wore it well and he got the win. And uh, I, I I think obviously Paddy's got lots of experience. He's been fighting since he's a kid. He's He's used to fighting in big arenas, even like you know in Liverpool in Cage Warriors. You know he's yep. he's not going to get freaked by by the you know the the the, the, the big stage, and obviously we saw that in uh, the O2. Um, as much as like I want to keep riding the, the the Paddy train, you know, as long as we can take it, and obviously he's a friend of the show. He's such a lovely dude, and obviously we want to see him, you know, become be, become the champ, um, but. I don't know. How many more sort of fights do you think he should have where he's going in as the favourite before, you know, you start getting a, you know, somebody that's, you know, you know, maybe unbeaten in the UFC, somebody that's, you know, on a, on a tear as well? Well, I don't know because it's not, it's, it's not about meritocracy, is it? It's about the business model and what's the, the business of the, the, the company going – how can we make the most money off this guy? How can we get mm. this guy headlining fight nights soon? Because he'd be a huge draw, I think, in America as well as the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to play the business right. I'm looking at the Terence McKinney, and I've just remembered that Drew Dober fight. That was where Drew Dober was massively rocked in seconds. Kinney, McKinney hit him really hard. But then... Doba just showed some unbelievable determination and unbelievable chin to just keep going somehow and then get McKinney back. That weren't that long ago, was it? No, it wasn't. It was in March. Um, Yeah. And Drew Doba came back. But Drew Doba's a really good fighter. A loss to Drew Doba, especially when he was close to finishing Drew Doba in the first round. I mean, he was not far off being on a three-fight UFC win streak with all first-round finishes, and one of them could have been Drew Dober, and he was really close to getting that. Mm. I think, I mean, it would be a great fight. I think it would be super exciting and a great fight, but as a business, the UFC, and again, this isn't Paddy wanting protection, or me even saying that Paddy needs protection. I just think the UFC will look at Paddy and go, it makes sense for us to build this guy into a star because he's got that X factor. And so I think McKinney is maybe not the right shout. Mm. Okay. Um, I I know exactly what you're saying. You know, he is, you know, he's like you say, a a potential global superstar, you know, people love him. You know, the minute you see him chat, you just think, Oh mate, I love this guy. And like he, he looks bananas, obviously. You know when you see him, the wall cats are. Yeah, he's got everything to be. We very nearly done our first podcast where we didn't say the words Conor McGregor, but uh, he's got every potential to be another Conor, hasn't he? You know he's just superstar, absolute superstar in the making. Um, and yeah, he's the, the obviously Dana and that are going to know that, and they're going to want to protect there. And I don't want to refer to him as an investment, but you know he has got a chance to make the business and himself a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and, and as he pointed so, out, his contract, by all accounts, was something like twelve and twelve at the moment. And he yeah. said himself, "I'm not fighting anyone good until you up my wages." Yeah, and that's I think that's smart as well because he can keep going. The more wins he gets, the more popularity on social media he gets. He's got that £1 million barstool sports deal. Um, He's doing very, very well for himself. 
if he just, you know, keeps fighting people that he's meant to beat because the UFC aren't putting him on a big contract, then mm. fair enough, mate. Go make your money and, and do your things outside of the cage. And then when the UFC comes with a contract negotiation and all of a sudden he's bumped to 80 and 80 or 100 and 100 or whatever, however those things work, I'm probably over playing uh, what he would get. It might be more like 40 and 40 or something. I don't know. But once that big money starts coming in or the bigger money starts coming in, then he'll go, yeah, I'll take on the Terrence McKinney's and the Drew Dobers and the people kind of flitting around that top 15 spot and stuff like that. Okay. Well, look, I'm going to, because there's so many fights on this list and, you know, we're, we're an hour and 10 minutes already. So I'm just going to read the rest of them off and then pick one of them that you want to, you want to okay. talk about and I'll do the same. Yep. Um, uh, Molly, he's looking to fight Blanchfield, uh, Lerone Murphy, Tapuria, um, uh, Jack Tankshaw versus Nurmagomedov, uh, Makayev versus Johnson. Green tick next to that one. Um, yeah, that, that's definitely happening. And Makayev oh, really? has announced that, yeah. And I don't know much about Johnson, but Makayev, I think, is a future champion. So get on the Makayev train. Oh, definitely. Um, uh, Nathaniel Wood versus uh, Shalanian and Mark DeCasey versus Klein. I'm I'm going to pick um, uh, Jack Tankshaw. Go, um, go go for it, yeah. Because uh, a he's one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet in uh, MMA, um, and this fight I think we thought might have happened. It was previously for the last picked. fight. Yeah. yeah, and 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 both on tears, and and I think you know we've we've mentioned it probably several times on this podcast that it seems strange to match them because they're both just destroying the division at the moment and just I building up these fight. unbeaten records and like and they've both got very good wrestling why why make that fight so early on um I agree with you I don't really want to see that fight I'd like to see um Jack you know in some more striking battles and stuff like that and and yeah I mean I'm in no rush to see either of them lose their record yeah, Jack has earned the number that's finally next to his name. And he's got it sort of by default because people have dropped out of the top 15 with people like Marlon Moraes retiring and stuff like that, I think. So he's he's earned it, but the UFC didn't give it to him because he's earned it. I feel like they gave it to him because other stuff mm. happened in the division. He deserves to fight someone ranked in front of him. And Said Nurmagomedov, as far as I'm aware, is unranked. So... Mm. Yeah, I, I don't like that fight. Let that fight happen down the line because they're both brilliant, undefeated fighters. Said Nurmagomedov is unreal. Great striking. He snatches your neck. He did, he's a fantastic fighter. I think give Jack Shaw someone else up towards the top 10. So I haven't got the rankings in front of me, but I'm sure there's plenty of fighters that he could fight. I mean, Frankie Edgar, Pedro Munoz, give him one of those guys. That's That's what I'd like to see for Jack Shaw. Okay. Um, right. Anyone? To, I mean, did you want to talk about Makayev or I'll take it? No, no. That's that's happening. On, um, on, on, on Johnson. Uh, what was the other ones you mentioned? Uh, uh, De Casey Klein, Wood, uh, Shalanian. Well, that's a great. Um, what I'd love to see. I'm so pleased that Wood's back on the card. Wood should have been on the last card, and his opponent, I can't remember who it was, dropped out. Really sorry, because we, we were asking questions to Nathaniel Wood on the media day, three days before the event. He was the only Londoner on the card. And it got took taken away from him because his opponent supposedly got ill or something like that. I felt so bad uh, for Nathaniel Wood. And he was supposed to fight Shalinian. That ended earlier because obviously Shalinian is Ukrainian and I believe he was fighting in Ukraine. So, yeah, I mean, I think... 
you've got to feel for any Ukrainian athlete at the moment that has put their career on hold and is fighting for their country to protect their families and things like that. Um, so it's a great story in terms of Shalinian being able to compete and do something. And I, I really feel for him. And I hope that, that even though we'll all be on Nathaniel's side in the fight, because he's the Londoner, because he's the Brit, I really hope that when Shalinian walks down to the cage, if this fight happens, that is, that, um, that the crowd give him a massive reception, give him a really positive reception. Because I think those, those Ukrainian athletes, particularly those that are, are staying behind them and fighting for their country, they deserve it. So I think that's really great. But on top of that, Nathaniel Wood, uh, I felt so sorry for him after his fight pulled out in the last London card. And I wish him all the best. And Nathaniel's a great guy. We've had him on the show. Really lovely bloke. So, yeah, I'd like to see Nathaniel do really well. Okie dokie. All right, well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this episode up now. Obviously, I've rattled off a load of fights that, um, uh, you know, could be pie in the sky um, at the moment, but uh, we've had most of them on as, as guests on this show. So if you've uh, you've never listened, go and explore the back catalogue um, and, and check out some of our chats with, with Molly and, and we've had Paddy on a couple of times and great chats with Nathaniel, Lerone Murphy, um, Craig, um, God. Tom Aspinall. We've had, we've had pretty much all of them on, haven't we? We need we to get Mikhaev on. We need to have a chat with yep. with Mikhaev, um because I think everybody's quietly confident that we're going to see some big things from that man. Yep. Um, we're on the socials. Always give us a, a like, love, share, retweet, and a follow on uh, on there, and stay up to date. Not only do we post um, episode artwork, but we also... Um, post other little bits and pieces of, of MMA news and, and bits and bobs. So give us a follow and uh, and yeah, and have a nice day. We're back next time, Mr. Harrison. We're back next time. Enjoy the fights, my friends. And you enjoy last night's fight, Mr. Harrison. You're in for a fucking treat. Love it. See you later, guys. Peace.